0: Welcome to Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and I have got an awesome guest with me today. I've got a powerhouse of the real estate business in Denver, Mike Anderson of the Legend Team at Remax. Mike has built a super successful business by building a team, putting rock solid processes in place, and he's going to share some of his best tips and strategies in today's podcast. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, RJ. I appreciate it. A lot of mutual respect there absolutely yeah man you you you
0: just knock it out of the park all the time and um, I know you're having a strong year this year which is which a lot of agents can't say right now and uh so just hats off to you with your consistency and how how all these processes you put into place yeah, I appreciate that it's been a fun process <laughs> yeah always a learning experience right yeah for sure yeah so we'll get into some of that but I wanted to start off with um, just asking you a, a a basic question because I mean you've built this great team, these processes and I'm just curious what are two resources that you set you say to yourself, man, if I didn't have these two things, I
1: wouldn't be where I am today. Um, you know it's funny is one of them I write as a um, as a gratitude multiple times a week um i think one of them is just um the desire to grow and understand better you mm-hmm. know i consider that a resource and probably the strongest one anyone can have cuz anything you want to yeah. look at and analyze and get better at you can um from more of a physical um a physical resource standpoint um i would say database
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately so
1: you've lived in colorado for my whole life in various locations and jobs and all of that, and um, hmm. always managed to just grow in um, in keeping contact information and staying in touch with people. And then, you know, so having that big database of people throughout my all the different jobs and careers I've had has really translated fantastically into real estate. Yeah, nice. So, what was your previous career, or previous jobs? I've been all around sales. Um, I actually three days out of high school. Um, left for boot camp with the Air Force. And so um, I was in the Air Force for nine and a half years with the Air National Guard here at Buckley Air Force Base. Um, I was an F-16 electrician there. Uh, that yeah. career was pretty cool, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, there, it's a really complicated thing. It's The National Guard is like the one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing. But most people end up working a little bit more involved with that. And I, at, at a couple of different points, I did work full-time for the guard and, mm. um, was a full-time federal civilian out there. So I spent a lot of time, uh, out of Buckley air force base. And, um, for a few years there, I actually worked part-time at Best Buy in home theater sales at the same. Oh, really? That's actually where I met my wife and, um, mm. So retail romance there. Shout out Haley. Uh, so, um, you know that job was really cool and that was my first introduction into sales. And I actually developed a lot of passion around working in sales when I was at Best Buy and I took that and went into commission sales at a company called ultimate electronics that doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and uh, worked there for a few years. And then, um, when ultimate electronics ended up going out of business, one of my regular customers there reached out to me about working in the trade show industry for his company. And so I worked in outside sales with a trade show display sales company called skyline display and design for a few years. And that was my first chance at really learning how to be in sales without people walking in the door to see you every day. And it was really hard Bit of a lot of cold calling that job was, oh, yeah. I didn't understand the overall business strategy of it. I had never done it before. And I, frankly, I sucked at it. <laughs> it was the first job I ever had where I didn't consider myself the best one there. Mm. Um, I was actually among the worst and I don't think I was the laziest. I think it just, it didn't all connect like it would now. And so I got three or four years into that job and really just realized like something here is a complete disconnect. It's a bad fit. And around that time, uh, 2014, my wife was set to graduate from pharmacy school. And, you know, we kind of had an unwritten agreement for a couple of years that as soon as she graduated from that and I didn't need the more stable, what we called stable income. Uh, that I was going to get my real estate license and just go head first into this industry. I had always been fascinated with it. I had a team that I Mm -hmm. bought my first house with who tried a couple of times to bring me on and hire me. And um, I said no because I was scared of the aspect of it, of just not knowing where your next paycheck was coming from. (laughs) And I think that um, it's hilarious now looking back on all that fear because you look at it like, man, what was I thinking you know, get in sooner. I was working in commission sales at the time. Anyways, a job I sucked at, I wasn't going to get worse than that. But anyway, um, God had his plan. And so, you know, around October of 2014, I had gotten my real estate license on the side while I was in my other job and just went through the real estate school and I got licensed in October. And then, um, so I'm nine years this month actually. And, uh, when i sat down for a for a planning meeting for the next year with my boss i could tell he was about to put me on some kind of performance improvement plan or maybe just even fire me and so he's like we got to figure out some kind of way to get more out of you in 2015 and i didn't know that i was going to work to quit that day but i just yeah. i looked down at my page and i went whatever i wrote right down on this piece of paper is going to be complete bullcrap. I'm just, you know, I could vamp and I could prolong this. And I just looked up at him. I said, Hey, with all due respect, I, I think our time is just over. You know, I don't think there's going to be a next year for me. It's clearly not working. You know, I feel like a burden on the whole place, but at this point I had a lot of good relationships there, but it just wasn't for me. And at the time that's a job where you're making cold calls. You know, if you're doing it right for two hour sessions in the morning and the afternoon, Four hours of cold calling every day. That sucked. I mean, people are really, really good at it. And people who understand the, you know, I think I would be a lot better at it now, but I still wouldn't enjoy the cold calling. Yeah. Um, I think just better at knowing how to communicate with those marketing people now would be a little easier. But Mm -hmm. um, but that gave way to, you know, I've always been really good with, um, with mapping. I've always had a fascination with knowing where I am and with... Um, with the housing industry specifically, my dad was an agent, uh, growing up with okay. a, um, with a rural sales, uh, brokerage in northern Colorado called Cabin Country. Okay. So you know, he would parade us all around the country <laughs> in this, you know, old, uh, CJ, Jeep CJ, uh, dark green one. And uh, we had a lot of miles in that thing and and in a couple of different, like, full-size blazers, but just cruising around the mountains with, you know, nothing but printed maps. And Mm -hmm. I always thought it was so fun to get to, like, show property to all these different people. And I was just really connected with that, even from at the time I was a little kid. I always thought it was such a cool thing to do. Completely fascinated me. Mm -hmm. I connected well with real estate, and I had these people trying to hire me, and finally that just gave way. And, um, by the time I had enough of the cold calling, it was just time. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So October of 2014, mm-hmm. by um, the time I had my license. I knew I was going to dock it with this Remax team called the Weimer team, uh, here at uh-huh. Remax professionals in Highlands Ranch. And, uh, I was so excited, uh, to just get going in that, that I started calling people while I was getting my license and <laughs> nice. talking to them about it because I was excited to talk about it. And I have a lot of friends. Yeah. And so by the time I actually got my license, I had three clients lined up and ready to go. And one of them was huh. a listing in and a and a sale and two of them were buyers. So I just, I had people to work with already. Uh, this was at the end of 2014. And then going into 2015, I just was full of a lot of excitement Uh nothing else. (laughs) No prospects, no official database, but I had a spreadsheet of people that I thought these are people I can call. So I did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for those of us that were around back then, wasn't 2015 the year that real estate was supposed to crash?
1: If I remember right. I don't know. I think every year I hear that. I think people were talking about it back then. Yeah. And it didn't happen. (laughs) No, no. I just ignore it now because it's so
0: ridiculous every time. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, when did So
1: when did you go off on your own apart from that team? I was on the team for two years. And then Gary and Kathy Weimer, who were my mentors, uh, they just really wanted to start fading out. You know, They had built a really successful, high-producing team for a lot of years. And they really, in 2014, they ramped up their marketing because their son was getting into real estate. And by the time Ooh. I called him and said, hey, I'm getting my license, you know, they said, "Well, we just got Tyler on, and and we're just going to go that direction." And mm-hmm. and I just said, "No, you're actually gonna you're gonna have to have me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to work anywhere else, and I just quit my job." <laughs> so <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> they didn't really have a choice anymore. Uh, that was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but then um, their their son ended up quitting and just not liking it very much, and so I was able to slide into there two years or so two to two and a half years and they just wanted to start fading out so they said why don't you run the team and we'll just you know dock our license under you so we also kind of a takeover plan where I would start running the team and then they they hired another agent right before they asked me to do that and um, her name was Selena Yagi and she was fantastic you know just one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet. And she knew how to really connect with people emotionally. And we worked together on plans with how to convert and how to close. And I had like the sales instinct, but Selena had like, you know, the stuff that, that a lot of people who can connect well, emotionally have That wasn't an ability I had at the time. I looked at everything like pure business. Um, so we grew the team up to where we had, you know, a financial advisor helping us figure out how to run a business. Um, And then we had, I brought on my sister, my twin sister to be my assistant and help us figure out the business, um, operations side and, and do a lot of that work. And then we had Gary and Kathy, Selena and myself. So all of a sudden a a team was formed and we still had to figure out how to get leads while we were trying to make it work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do initially to get leads or how did you start to build it? Um, so in in the spring of 2015, back when I was still on the Weimer team, uh, I started a Brian Buffini system uh, called Peak Producers. And in that class, I learned the basics of you know they preach calls, notes, pop buys, win your week with basic marketing activities that leverage the relationships mm-hmm. you have. And it was such a great fit for me. I mean, just I'm in that class, and we're sitting there every week, and and our broker owner, who's still here at Remax Professionals, Mike Burns, he's telling us every week, like, you guys have to make your phone calls. And I'm just laughing, like, we're calling our friends. This is not difficult stuff. I've yeah. been calling people who didn't want to talk to me for the last three years, and now I have to call my friends. I have to make sure to call my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <The> concept <laughs> seemed so silly to me. It was like, of course I'm going to call these people because they're generally smiling when they answer the phone. Um, it was such a nice philosophy to me. So I started on the calls, notes and Popeye's thing, and then grew that into parties and, Mm -hmm. um, and events. And then the events have gotten a lot more sophisticated since then. And, and then we started really pushing. Um, so we've had the team now for a few years. I actually, I'll backtrack a little bit to, uh, 2018. I got my, uh, employing broker's license. Okay. Because we decided that we wanted to, to just kind of branch off of Remax professionals. And so we left pros. Um, I started a brokerage called legend realty and I spent a few years trying to bring new agents on and, and teach them the buffini system and the referral system and how to generate, you know, referrals for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I had a a few people work out and a few people not. And I, I ended up kind of coming to the, to the conclusion around you know the end of 2019 that unless i wanted to be a full-time recruiter and hire a lot of operational staff to figure out how to build a bigger brokerage i was just kind of treading water mm. i wanted to see how a bigger show operated i wanted to see how you know a really big brokerage with a lot of high producing agents operated within and then i wanted to find some ways to branch into leadership opportunities within that okay so that's what's going on now you know we joined in 2020 in the middle of covid Uh um it was a weird prospect to go from not having any dues at all and then stepping into like hey here's you know you're gonna have monthly dues at this and a desk fee and you know you're stepping into a more legitimate show but it's somebody else's show it's not yours anymore Mm -hmm. um so we became the legend team at remax professionals in 2020 and um we're smaller a lot more pungent just <laughs> less less operational expense and waste now which i really like yeah
0: so do you think you're going that direction to build a bigger team or have your own brokerage yeah. someday again or
1: maybe on having my own brokerage maybe not i don't know where that will lend itself as far as running a team though i think that's a blast I mean, I love the people I work with. I generally think I genuinely think rather that we have a culture here that is really second to none. You could be as good, but I don't think a lot of places are better. Um, You know, we have people that it's just like when we take new clients, we work with people we like, because if I'm going to be helping you at 11 o'clock at night and we're negotiating back and forth with another party and some of those late nights rather go super late, If I'm going to do that, I want to be doing that for people I like, you know, not for people who don't appreciate it, don't show gratitude. So we want people to be a good fit. Uh, Similarly, I think the people on our team right now are just, you know, we we hire slow and have developed a method of you're really hiring slow and firing fast. That's a great way to go about it. So so
0: what does your team look like right now?
1: Um, we're small, we have three agents, including myself and, um, and then we still have my twin sisters, our operations manager. And, um, we meet once a week and, you know, we set basic minimum expectations for ourselves and each other. And, and then we back it with accountability, basic philosophy.
0: <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So, so what do you envision is your next hire?
1: Um, last year, uh, we really decided that we were going to make, uh, most of 2023 an infrastructure year. So every September we're kind of deciding what are we going to do, uh, before we start marketing for next year. And, and the way we look at the lead generation side is that by, by October 1st, you're generating leads for next year. Mm-hmm. And so we want to have our plan in place and installed by the end of September. Last year, by the end of September, we in, we decided some different infrastructural areas that we were going to really ramp up. One of them was um, process management. We wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that we were built with a process that if we scale up to 10 agents tomorrow, we have the infrastructure in place to do that and not skip a beat. Mm-hmm. So. Um, We started using a task manager, or some people call it a workflow manager. We use one called Monday. Okay. And um, for every transaction that gets built into there, the operations um, manager just looks at those every day. Here's your tasks for the day, and that's what keeps us on track with the transactional side so that the agents aren't getting swallowed up in task and process um i love that so yeah we put that in last year it's been fantastic um now
0: now I mean, is that is monday is it automated or do you have to program it for each transaction
1: we programmed it for either buyer or seller and now we okay. just build the information in and choose if they're a buyer or seller and then it okay. these out all of those tasks that we have on that process list for either nice. a buyer or a seller and obviously, sometimes you get the ones that don't apply, right? We're not pulling HOA documents for a for a home if there isn't an HOA. So we just check that off as right. if we did it. But sure. it's, it's relatively informal when it's just for your eyes, you know? So right. that's a way that we make sure we're not missing anything. And then, actually, for the first time, I've always been the big I-do-it-myself thing, but I hired a TC and I've used the transaction coordinator this year for the first time in my career, which sounds silly to a lot of people, but I always thought, you know, all this stuff is really quick. You can just do it really quick. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then you bog yourself down in the really quick stuff. (laughs) Totally. Have you heard
0: the uh, statistic that when you get sidetracked by something, even if it's a small thing, it takes you 20 minutes to get back to what you were doing? (laughs) No, but that makes complete sense. Yeah. (laughs) I did it really well. So it's, it's more of a time drain sometimes
1: than we realize. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? So last year we also formalized our hiring process, and that was nice. We built a um, we built a an interview process, and we formalized our new agent contracts. We do a two year contract with new agents, um, which is also relatively informal. Obviously, if either side feels like it's a bad fit within the first two mm-hmm. years. We're just going to let someone go. But we wanted something mm. formal in, in place that says, here's our general process. Here's how we work. Here's how your pay plan works. And then they sign it just so we're upfront. Everyone's acknowledging how this is about to go. So it's a contract in the sense that we can prove to you that we showed you how this was going to work and nobody's being tricked. Mm. And then if somebody really wanted to go, we're not holding them hostage and say, great, have a good life. <laughs> That feeling's usually mutual. Um but uh so and then we also um we put a big emphasis on seminars in the fall of last year. Um the the this was our first push towards really building brand legitimacy. And okay. for us it became, you know, we've mastered these events and we do big events and we invite all of our clients and we get a hundred to a hundred and fifty people there. We did a Top Gun movie night that we had over 200 people. Mm. And, um, you know, we've we've gotten so good at these uh, big events, and we're not afraid to spend money treating our people really, really well. But we wanted to say, okay, now that we're also having the fun, it's time to bring in some, you know, we want people seeing us really seriously too. We want people seeing us as people who are, Financially savvy. We can teach you about how to become an investor or find out if it's right for you. We want to teach you about how to, um, how your property taxes operate. We did a seminar on how to contest your property taxes this year Hmm. because it was very relevant at the time. Are are these seminars online or are they in person? Mostly online. We did a first time home buyer workshop. We're going to do a wills and estates workshop. Some of them are just more designed for. Um, the in person mm-hmm. and and the lead capture is better in person, especially when you have multiple vendors. Some sure, of them, I don't even need to teach, you know, I go up and give a nice introduction to whoever's there to teach, and then we sit there, yeah, um, we partner the event. And so, with some of them, I put in a month of financial data analysis and and a good amount of research in to make sure that what I'm saying can be recorded and, and my name can be on it. We mm-hmm. did a, we did a prediction seminar in January and then a mid-year update in July. We're going to continue doing those cause they were big. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's some other stuff that we're looking at for next year and I can get into the minutia on that. Cause it's really fun. It's what I've been spending the last month in, um, <clears throat> that, that we're taking very seriously in terms of how we educate our clients because there's a tell, lot yeah tell more me more about background right now that is really fascinating so in in part of this goal towards building our brand legitimacy is one of our key uh items for next year building our digital brand and then building our building our legitimacy with our database and our sphere you know part of it is we want to really really know the profiles of who's moving and who's not We already know our clients extremely well. We have categories of clients that when they start telling us the basics of their story, we have, you know, five to 10 stories of someone who went through something very similar to them that we can speak to their experience and that connects us with them. Uh, Now we're looking at who's going to be moving in 2024. Mm -hmm. And we're finding very specific messages for that crowd. Uh, So... We know that there's a there's a big amount of people out there who are you know they they love their rate more than they love their house mm-hmm. so they're just not moving. How do you get one of those people to move next year? You know the odds aren't very good. You probably are better off with that with that person um showing them that you're aware of their mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of that mindset because I'm in it currently. Mm-hmm. I have a two and a quarter interest rate on my house. If you think I'm moving <laughs> next year, you're high. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's not going to happen. I'm not going to go and upgrade and find a million and a half dollar house and pay 8% interest, you know, on the loan. I, it's right. it's right. never going to happen. So, you know, but the people that are moving next year, think about why, you know, rates mm-hmm. might be high, but life happens. And life is happening for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The people that are moving now, you know, it's classic Ford stuff to get into the Ninja selling. Um, but it's, they're moving for family situations for occupation situations. Um, not as much for recreation or dreams, but look at the first two categories. A lot of people are moving for family ties. A lot of, mm-hmm. you know, the older crowd is moving to get closer to grandchildren. Um, people are moving because, uh, they need more space. They're simply bursting at the seams since mm-hmm. you know they bought their house maybe during COVID. And then they've had two kids since then, all of a sudden that house doesn't really fit them so well as it used to. And now they work from home. So they're definitely just struggling for space. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, their breaking point is only going to get so far. So we're looking at targeting those people. You know, how do we do that? You know, for us, the educational seminars and the, and the marketing pieces are huge for that. You know, we weren't an educational seminar yeah. that says, you know, how to upgrade the size of your home despite high interest rates. People wow. want to hear that right now. That message connects. Um, so we're looking at the top 10 reasons why people are moving in 2024. We have pretty good data on that already. And then we're just finding catered message messages for each of them. But we have this Ooh. fantastic thing going on right now. And this is the best part for me. Uh, is like putting this whole piece this whole uh system together we have uh, we have a reality in our country right now that we have about 78 million people inching toward first-time home buying age it's the biggest group that's mm-hmm. it's the biggest number that's ever been in that category 28 to 34 so we have all these people the average by age of a first-time buyer right now is 36 we have 78 million people that in the next six years are going to be working their way into that age group where it's time to take that seriously. And at the same time, we have flattening wages and we have a good majority, 50 plus percent of wealth out there is owned by people that are 50 plus. So one of our big messages for next year is going to be how to help your kids and grandkids buy their first home without mm. risking your nest egg. You know, if we can educate people on how to get money out of grandpa's house that's stagnating and sitting there, mm-hmm. and to helping his grandchildren potentially buy their first home with early inheritance, that's a tool that we think is really valuable for next year. You know, wages yeah. in Colorado are great for people in their you know late twenties and up to mid thirties. Wages are really good. Um, compared to the rest of the country here, but a lot of people still don't make enough where they can afford a $650,000 mortgage, realistically. Mm -hmm. yeah. What what if grandpa's got, you know, can help out with six figures worth of the down payment and say, hey, take this piece of your inheritance early and help buy your first home because they can't afford a Mm $450,000 mortgage or a Mm -hmm. $400,000 mortgage. You know, cause not everyone out there, we've had clients this year that put $300,000 down that are in their thirties. It's like, yeah, it's great, but not a lot of people, not a lot of first time buyers fit that category. No. So how do we get, how do we get money out of these pockets and into these ones for all of these people that are pushing towards that age? Mm -hmm. And that's been fun because now we're working on catering messages to them and then specifically showing them how we're going to do that for them. That That is so smart
0: to figure out the reasons why people might buy next year and, and catering that message. What what are your other, you know, seven or eight ones that you didn't mention yeah. already that you're...
1: Um, you'd be surprised, but there's a lot of people that want a vacation home mm-hmm. um, still. We don't see quite as much in Colorado, probably in the Denver metro area especially. We do in the mm-hmm. mountains, but I don't know how realistic that is for a lot of people. These are nationwide concepts. Yeah. Um, A big one is that neighborhood demographics have changed. And this one is really fascinating to me, too. So we're going to work on our kind of curated content for this group. But during COVID, we had a lot of people move more toward the suburbs because they were going to be able to work from home. Mm -hmm. So the downtown area right now is, you know, not looking so great in terms of owner occupancy. And what's going to happen when some of these people get called back to Hey, because employers are onto this, by the way, they know that the, that the operational efficiency of a staff working primarily from home is nowhere near. You get sold on statistics that it's just as efficient to work from home, but it flat out isn't. Workforces are about 30% less efficient than they were before COVID. Most of that comes from people working at home. Uh, So employers are onto this. Colorado's big on the information sector. It's the biggest Employment force in our state. A lot of that exists in the tech center downtown, um, and then out east, um, towards the airport, which I can't really do anything with. I mean, you're not going to struggle to find out by the airport, a house close to where your office is. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole Aurora Highlands area is growing like a weed. Um, but you know, when, as neighborhood demographics change, that's going to be forcing a lot of people along with the employment piece, the employer piece, getting back into the office more, we're going to see, I think if a lot of that, you know, workforce is forced to go back to the office, I think we're going to see a little bit of an exodus back from the suburbs into downtown areas. I think it'd be useful for our state. Um, but I wouldn't live downtown if someone paid me $10 million. Um, <laughs> but I think neighborhood demographics are playing an interesting piece, you know, with, with, with upticks in crime and, 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 um a lot more people in that age group starting to have kids, they're probably wanting to get out of downtown areas, out of those, you know, closer in areas and out to the suburbs. That's going to be mm-hmm. pushing a lot of people too. So we're really trying to keep our eye on demographics and knowing that audience and how to speak to them. Because if we're building messages around who that audience is and we're mm-hmm. paying attention to our database and we know our people well, every time we create a message, we can go down we do this for every seminar we do literally hand print the database hmm. and we just go down. Who does this message really connect with to the wow. best of my knowledge in my head? And I'll put a star on every single person there. Those are the people that really get the stronger push on that message. Gotcha.
0: So do you think that as you scale up and close even more transactions, that sort of manual um, type analyzing your list is going to be more difficult or do you know your clients that well that you'll be able to do it still do you think
1: i think it only gets easier if your systems are right interesting so um now that we have process around hiring agents and we have process and task management the education piece both with our brokerage and with realtor associations is really nice for me to not have as much direct involvement if an agent's new you know, Mm -hmm. they're able to get a lot of education out there through, you know, we, we go with Smidra for our local realtor association. Uh, I know DMAR is another one, but you know, they're able to go with Smidra and our brokerage to get trained on a lot of stuff that we don't have to bog my time down with. Mm. So when I work my database, nothing is taking more time away from me when it comes to working my database, just like I always do because it's gotten more efficient Mm -hmm. I also psychotically love to work. I am not afraid to work at all. If that means, you know, from, so I do take time with my kids every weekday afternoon. I try to be blackout hours from four to eight Mm -hmm. um, where that's all family time and that's it. I'm not on the phone. Um, But outside of that, I'll do the work, whatever it takes. Um, I'm kind of addicted to it. I'm in my prime working years. I just don't see it mm-hmm. as an excuse. Yeah, I hear you. Well, and just
0: mentioning the basics of like calling people and doing the blocking and tackling, there's a for some reason there's a lot of people that aren't willing to do it, and yeah, yet they complain they're not very busy right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we had a retreat last week, and I heard this um, hotel group CEO. I think that was who spoke to us. His name was Michael something. Anyway. Um, he said the hard part as a leader is, you know, trying to maintain all of the stuff that you do that works and then figure mm. out the direction and, and the drive and, and the new stuff that's going to help you get where you want to go at the same time. He said, it's like trying to fly the plane and change the engine at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that resonated well, cause we don't have time to land the plane pretty much ever. You know, mm-hmm. we have to keep in. The calls, notes, and Popeyes, that doesn't change. That's mandatory. Yeah. If you're yeah. not doing the basics, then what's the rest worth? Totally.
0: My mentor said it really well recently, or one of my mentors. He he said, you know, it's there's a lot of people that have really hard jobs. We get to sit in an air-conditioned room and go over our database and pick up <laughs> the phone and call our friends and have <laughs> our cappuccino. And that's not hard
1: for that's sure. Just, that's just doing the work. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Lord knows I've been on the flight line, <laughs> sucking in jet fumes and hundred yeah. plus degree days in Korea. This is quite a bit more fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so I've been wanting to ask this, this whole interview, but you just have just continued to pile on great ideas and great information, but going back to the re- very beginning, when uh, you share with me off camera that you're, it's one of your best years yet or maybe your best year yet, mm-hmm. what has led to that for you? Because there's so many people struggling right now. I think people would love to hear that. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I know that, you know, the market transaction-wise is down about 20%, you know, and there's a lot of people experiencing that this year. I just don't take my foot off the gas and I just... I don't know how else to explain it besides, I just live in a different reality. I know there's people out there moving Mm -hmm. and I refuse to live in the reality that there's just not opportunity out there. I've heard a lot of people say that this year, but I just, um, we have, for the most part a no complaining rule, I'll just close my office door in someone's face if they're whining about something, but not providing any Mm -hmm. solutions. The simple fact is if you just don't stop working and then like last year, we added new stuff to our offering. We added that stuff last year in hopes of growing our business. And it's ended up what has kept us a little bit over flat. let <laughs> hmm. say like yeah. having our best year. Um, but yeah, you know, the best year isn't always as, as glorious. You know, if we finish with 10% growth this year, that's a 30% win over the market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's pretty darn good. Yeah. So I think a good amount of it is luck. And then, you know, the rest is we're adding new stuff all the time in hopes of getting us business. You know, next year, we're Mm -hmm. still doing the seminars that we did this year, but we're changing how we do them and changing how we curate the message because we think that will boost our efficiency in those seminars and it'll really help us make sure the right people are interested at the right time. So yeah. nice. Um, when we created a hiring process and when we created and when we implemented the task manager, those both freed up time for me so that nothing was ambiguous anymore in those regards. I hired a transaction coordinator that freed up time for me so that I could spend more time Calls, notes, pop buys. We also do real estate reviews in lieu of pop buys sometimes, you know, and that's part of the ninja system. But we just never stop adding educational pieces to our element. We never stop looking for data-driven reasons or ways to understand the market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we leverage the heck out of relationships. I mean, we are always asking for referrals. We're always letting people know. Every event that we do, we're telling people. We work exclusively by referral. We're not out there advertising. You're not going to see TV commercials or hear radio commercials or bus benches with our names on them. We do that so that we're not spending time working on that stuff. We're spending time becoming the experts so we can be better for you. And that's better for both of us. But Mm -hmm. your end of the bargain is to bring us transactions. you got to find us people to work with so we can keep doing this. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, and I'm never... (laughs) Yeah. It's I'm a shameless that. plug sometimes. And I think people know it's coming. So when you tell someone what's gonna happen and then it happens, it's it's confirmation. It's not annoying.
0: You know, maybe well, not, plus it's so. planting it's plant, planting the seed because sometimes people I've had people comment that it's it blows my mind that they would think this, but I've had people comment that they didn't know I worked off of referrals. And it's just really? You know, you wouldn't <laughs> think that, but if you don't if you don't ask, they may not even realize it
1: yeah I heard so, uh, I heard someone last year tell me she said, I don't work with any friends or family because I just don't want to ruin the relationship hmm. and I just no. I, I no. don't know where to start with that. I, know.
0: Yeah, I, was, I was kind of speechless there too. It was um, kind of like but <laughs> it's
1: like maybe who else nail down we? your
0: process a little bit
1: more. Yeah, so I said, do you does it make you feel bad if they work with someone else and have a bad experience that you know they wouldn't have had with you? That's a great way to really I don't get involved with that. (laughs) You're gonna suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't be a secret agent, man. Like it breaks my heart when people work with someone else and they tell me how much it sucked. Like, yeah, yeah, like
0: if you if you care about your friends and family, you, you yeah. want them to work with you so they have the best possible experience. I mean, if you think you're good, <laughs> Well, to, Yeah, I if mean, you think you exactly. suck, then it's very
1: noble if you do not want them to work with you.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you should go over to to Mike at Remax. <laughs> send them my way every time. Yeah, yeah, send them over to Mike because yeah, yeah, I'll give um, you a
1: referral fee and they won't have to deal with your shit. That's right. Pardon me. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So, um, you know, I just, this mindset thing is so huge and I I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I was thinking about the, who was it that said you make your own luck. It's a famous person, Warren Buffett or someone. And it's so true. I mean, Billy Zane said it in Titanic as well. (laughs) Could be. We'll we'll put the credit there, but, (laughs) um, I think that's so true. That's the thing I see again and again with people that are succeeding right now, that they just have, they have that mindset that there's business out there to be had, and yeah. then they go
1: get it. Yeah, and I'm going to go get it. I'm in the office almost every day. Um, I can walk down yeah. the halls of probably almost every real estate office in our state, and they're going to be primarily empty, but the agents that are there every day... All of them that I know, there, there's three or four agents here in my office that are here every single day, and those guys are always busy. <laughs> yep, totally. Success leaves it helps you focus. And these guys are busy all the time. At the awards last year, two of them are, like, small teams that beat me, and very few small teams did beat us. So I hold a grudge with that, and, and I'm like, well, if that's what they're doing, I better do it too. Yeah, But totally. nobody's, like <clears> – <throat> You know, when people tell you stuff that works, you should listen. Nobody out there is like insanely smarter than me. And if they are, they probably don't have the people skills. The thing is, everybody has a lot of stuff that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to leverage what you're naturally good at and just don't stop working. I mean, what's the excuse? I Yeah, there's nothing um, to stop you. I think I have gotten lucky in some ways, but I also... No, I did an Ninja install this year. That was four full days um, in February, mm. and I got little mm-hmm. things out of that that helped. And then I taught a 100 Days to Greatness course for Buffini and Company this year. And nice. that was 16 weeks. And when I'm teaching that stuff, I'm in that mindset every day, and I'm living it. And, and you're walking the walk more if you're surrounded in it all the time. That's why I don't work from home, though, because if I sit at home, I'll just get distracted work on home projects. I'll find reasons not to do certain things. Oh, I'll do it later. And then you get too busy later, you know, totally. So what,
0: what is your unique skill that's made you so successful? Is it your work ethic or is there something else under the hood there that um, you haven't shared yet? (laughs) I
1: don't know. (laughs) I think, um, I think just understand, I have the ability to do whatever it is that I want to do. I've been asked before, what are you going to do if the real estate market crashes or if if realtors become irrelevant? And I just say, whatever I want. I'm going to be great mm-hmm. at whatever I want to do. i just start with that foregone conclusion. I'm going to be the best at whatever I go do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, it takes nice. away the anxiety and fear of it. And sometimes I don't even necessarily feel like it's 100% genuine at the time, but it's like, that's my answer and that's it. I'm going to go be a champion at it. I think that what I have that a lot of people don't, I guess, is the desire for constant improvement. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. know a lot of, I know people, a ton of people who do have that, but they're all also busy right now. (laughs) Right uh so i guess that's it yeah okay okay Um, i feel like i get a lot of good luck too but good luck repeating over that much time i know can't just be for no reason
0: yeah it's not just lucky
1: yeah if you have i think there's a little bit more to it the way i consider it um frankly to be honest with you is like i have god on my side i feel like Mm -hmm. and you know my faith is a bigger part of this than i and i don't know how to tie that in with everybody in an audience. Um, I'm not as smooth out as some other people, but that plays its role, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me, Mike. I mean, you, you are just an inspiration for so many people and I appreciate you being an open book and sharing what you're doing. And I think for the people listening, it's mean a lot. So, um, really, really appreciate it. And how can people find you if they want to tap into your social media or things like that or could
1: uh, they email you? English, yes. I, I hate social media so I'm on Facebook <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Anderson on Facebook and um, you can always find me at Remax Professionals in Highlands Ranch um, I suppose I can give you email and phone I don't know if people usually share that over the the pod here email I guess is fine Mike at Colorado legend okay and uh, I'm always happy to help. I love working with new agents and talking with people about strategies and stuff that they're doing. I love all of it. So never bother me if someone reaches out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We'll
1: definitely appreciate that. Well, For cool. Sure. Well,
0: Thanks again, Mike. Um, appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. And um, once again, my name is RJ Baxter with intercap lending with Mike Anderson at, with the legend team at Remax. And if you enjoyed this show, please consider, sharing it, subscribing, and leaving us a review. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, you all have a great rest of your day.